Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor with uh, David Barker, as you know. And uh, we are here in the studio thinking about things related to ministry, leadership, whatever comes into our mind. Sometimes we're not even sure what it is we're thinking about, and we appreciate your patience with us as we do think through things. But we're grateful that uh, from time to time we get notes of encouragement, and we know that people are listening. Uh, Dave, just a little while ago, you spoke to our men here at Grandview Church, our men's fellowship, on um, leadership style, Mm -hmm. um, something that I think the men really needed to hear. And I thought it would be good for us to revisit that, um, to converse with those of us who are in leadership, who are maybe uncomfortable with uh, their style of leadership, how has uh, God wired us, and um, how should we think about others who give leadership that is different from ours. Mm. So let's just kind of put that on the table and you can share a little bit uh, where you were taking us a few weeks ago. Sure. Um, Yeah, so I've always been fascinated uh, by the two leaders in Jerusalem uh, in the post-exilic time after they came back from the exile. And there was two leaders in Jerusalem that were kind of guiding the people. One's name was Nehemiah and the other guy was Ezra. and just to study in contrast, both of them were successful leaders. Both of them led waves back into Jerusalem from Persia and Babylon. But the, the, the contrast in style is startling. Uh, one guy's a scholar, Ezra. He's a student. The other guy is a courtier out of the Persian, Persian palace, uh, serving Artaxerxes. And uh, so one guy's a military guy, he's a straight-laced guy. The other guy's much more it, it kind of in, mm-hmm. the, in the scholarly domain, right? Uh, and then it's interesting because when they, when they led the people back, uh, Ezra says, um, we prayed and asked God for protection, and we did not want, we told the king that God would protect us. I was ashamed to ask for horsemen and cavalry. That sounds like a very spiritual thing to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I like him. Yeah, it's, and I, I ran this by my students last night. And, um, and they, I said, so he, he's a really spiritual God, godly man, right? And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then I went to the Nehemiah 2 text where he asks permission to go from the king. And, uh, and he says, uh, I need letters of uh, introduction to various people, and I need protection and cavalry along the way. And then it says, and God bless me, and we arrive safely. Mm-hmm. And I, I yeah. Okay, that's rather interesting. Um, and yeah, he was a godly spiritual man, but he had his structure. His idea was put the structures in place, put the protections in place and go in an orderly kind of way. So why, why am I inclined to, to prefer one above the other or to celebrate one above the other? I've read missionary biographies that yeah. sound an awful lot like Ezra, who yes, I guess what we're wondering now about was he tempting God by saying, God, you can do this without any help. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing is most of the books I read on leadership don't refer to Ezra. They refer to Nehemiah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's interesting. And it, you know, you start off with a statement, everything rises and falls on leadership, but immediately that puts an image into our mind, right. Of what that looks like. And usually it has to do with statesmen and, Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing, probably a little bit more bent towards the Nehemiah side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but my point was to the to the men, 
And I've talked, as I said, I talked to my students about it. It was, I was in those, those texts last night. Um, God uses us all. And in some senses, we're all in a place of leadership, whether in our homes or our workplaces, even sports teams, whether in a, you know, leadership in a youth group or a children's ministry or women's men's ministry, whatever. Inevitably, we're all involved in leadership in some sense or other. But even beyond that, we are all involved in the service for the kingdom. Mm Mm-hmm. And what I find the joy in looking at those two guys, I don't think either of them were viewing themselves as models of leadership. I think they would be horrified to think that we were thinking mm-hmm. that way. Um, but I think when I, when I realized that these two guys are working together in Jerusalem, because they're together in Jerusalem dealing with the same issues, we realized that, you know, we work within our own skin. We work within our own personality. We work with our own way that God has equipped us and gifted us and made us who we are. And it's such an encouragement, mm-hmm. right? You know, I, uh, I'm just thinking of my own style of leadership. Um, I'm not as organized as Nehemiah was, is, and uh, I'm, I'm not as godly as Ezra, but I more <laughs> resonate with the guy who says, we don't need all the organization. Um, I just have a vision. I'm excited about it, passionate. I want to lead it. But a guy will come into my life, and yeah. this has happened more recently with uh, Brother Jim, as you know. Yeah. Jim is a, he's a Nehemiah. He's a leader. He thinks details. Where are they going to sit? Yeah. You know, what, what, what time will they come in? When will they leave? How much time do we give the, our leadership cohort? So he's thinking of all these Nehemiah details, and I'm just saying the Lord will provide. Yeah. <laughs> right? And uh, he, he came into my deal when I'm talking about leadership development one day, and he says, I can help you. He says, I didn't realize I needed help, but uh, lo and behold, <laughs> you know, uh, the Lord put us together. And um, if I do say so, uh, we've seen some remarkable things, much more fruit than I would have had on my own. But I can just see the value of both of these styles, you know. And uh, now I know Nehemiah and Ezra didn't, didn't work together. They were contemporaries. No, they were in Jerusalem together. They were actually working together. If you read the, the Nehemiah side where they're actually reading the scriptures at the Watergate, both of them are involved. So they're, they're side by side. They're connecting with each other. And so they're each providing leadership in, in the city for these returnees in a very difficult place to work. I mean, Jerusalem in that day was a muddy, messy place. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the flourishing Jerusalem of the pre-exilic era. So they're back. In fact, Haggai, who speaks to this group, calls them remnants, so or remnant. So it's it's a very very difficult place to be. Now, how do you how do you respond? We had a podcast a little while ago talking about bully leadership, yeah. right? And uh, you've got Nehemiah, and as you've described him, he was pretty hard on people. Yeah, I mean, for sure. He actually yeah hit. yeah. Well, you got yeah you got the whole issue of the intermarriage and marrying outside the covenant, and he, Ezra he's ripping his you know tearing his. Tunic. He's pulling out his hair. He's throwing dust in the air, and you know, on the, all the kind of stuff in great, great remorse. Nehemiah, he's grabbing them by the scruff of the neck and punching <laughs> them in the nose. Yeah. Nehemiah thirteen. In case you want to check that out, that's exactly what's going on there. But there's some cultural realities. I don't think that we're going to model Nehemiah on. And in some ways, yeah, you would almost think that that's a bit of a bully, bully approach to things. But that's there's some there's some cultural realities going on that we need to take. So what would you say to the someone who is inclined 
to be that way, strong leader, passionate about his ideas, knows how he wants to do it, mm. um, might be difficult to work with. Uh, how, how would he be comfortable in his skin and not mess up what God is doing? Well, I think you got to look at Jesus. And if there is anybody who is, and I know that's a, that's a quick answer to everything, you know, go to Jesus every time. But, but at the same time, Jesus did talk seriously about what it was to be a servant leader in the community of faith, that classic Mark mm-hmm. 10, not so with you, mm-hmm. with the authority structures on top of each other, but the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom, first first to be last. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, for me, in those kinds of situations, I think the answer is very similar to what you just talked about now. Bring people around you who can help modify a little bit of that and and be willing to listen and say, okay, hey, you know what? That might be just a bit forceful. You might want to back that off a little bit. Or even afterwards, someone... I, you remember, I've talked about Art Karen Cross before. Mm-hmm. In fact, I mentioned him in the men's thing. And <clears throat> Art was the kind of guy who would sit there quietly in a meeting, always speak last, but always carried the more, the most vo- the strongest voice, quietly looking at the floor and then saying, uh, David, you dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. And to have him in the room along with the others. He said that with the others present. All right, in front of everybody. About five other, six other people in the room, and he was so quiet and so gentle. But David, you dropped the ball. Oh, man alive. And you know what? He was absolutely right. It's something I needed to hear. I wish he had told it to me privately (laughs) afterwards, but anyhow, that was the right place, right? So I, I think that we do need folks around us Mm -hmm. who can and i i would imagine there would have been a little bit of mollifying both ezra and nehemiah and the way Mm -hmm. that they work together i don't know we're creating an imaginary situation here but but um i think two things in answer to your question i think first of all we do need to look at christ and look at him in terms of his humility servant spirit all the rest that kind of stuff and then i think bringing other people around us to help us yeah. Soften up a little bit if we need to. So when we look at Jesus, we, we can't forget the, the time that he rebuked Peter. Yep. Get behind me, Satan. You desire not the things of God. Turning the tables over. Um, he spoke very bluntly to the Pharisees. So that was a side of Jesus that was there, but uh, he was also gentle. Yeah, gentle Jesus, meek and mild is not the only picture mm-hmm. that we have of Jesus, right? And so, so, yeah, when he talks about servant leadership, we do need to bring those other pictures in and... Uh, and it, it's complicated. There's, there's no quick and easy answer here. And, and this is the point I was after when I was talking to the guys about this. There's no paradigm here. There's no stereotype. There's no one way of being and doing who we are as God's people, whether a leader or not. We have all been created as image bearers of God. We've all got the giftings of God that is placed in our lives. Let's not be afraid to be who we are you know, we're all growing spiritually. We all need sanctification. I get it. But we need to just, first of all, be prepared to affirm ourselves, mm-hmm. and we need to affirm others in the way that they are. Uh, but are, you're not saying that a leader has the luxury of being indecisive. No, I, I, you know, uh, Ezra was not indecisive. Uh, he gathered all these people at the Canal Ahava, and in fact, 
he actually, he found out there weren't enough Levites. So he stopped the whole thing because they were ready to go. And mm-hmm. he started counting up Levites and oops, we don't have enough. So he stopped the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Then they went on this little search for Levites. They found a few more, brought them in, and then off they went. So yeah, he was a leader. He was decisive. He, people followed him and they got there safely. Um, have you heard about uh, leadership style lead from behind? Hmm. What, what, what do you think about that? You know what? I'm not sure lead from behind is the right, but I, I like the idea of lead from the middle. Mm-hmm. And uh, now Gary McNett is going to kill me on this one for saying his name, but he is a classic leader who leads from the middle. And I often use the illustration of a Peloton and the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. The chief, the, 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 the queen bee, as it were, right? Mm-hmm. The QC who is, who is supposed to win the race at the end in all of the get, point getting rarely is he at the front of the lead, of the mm-hmm. of the peloton he's he's riding two three wheels back and he's got a team around him protecting him but he's the leader and even he, though he's not in the front he's not and so different people lead at different times go chase down a, a breakout group uh maybe try to slow the peloton down because they've got a guy way up ahead that they actually want to win this kind of stuff but but Gary I just love working with this guy Mm -hmm. because he knew how to lead from the middle and he recognized that he had a bunch of people around him that, and he would admit this. He said, you guys are all way better at what you do than I could ever do. And, um, so, and he would turn us loose. He Mm -hmm. would say, go do it. But he was the leader and Mm -hmm. everybody knew it. And it was beautiful. It was a wonderful, wonderful way. I told him, told him many times, you need to write a book called not leading from behind, but how to lead from the middle. So what would you say that um, every leader has to be good at? Oh, boy. Depends on what you wear, what kind of leader you're after, yeah, you're after right? Yeah, but all kinds of leaders. There's got to be a few things, and I know we, you didn't prepare for this. No. And, uh, maybe I'll try to answer it myself, <laughs> but uh, I think there, there has to be like an irreducible minimum of, of necessary leadership qualities and I would say that that, that includes setting a vision. Yeah. Uh, you know, cl- running up the flagpole or run, climbing up the tree, looking at the forest and said, this is where we need to go. I can't get there alone. Let's move in this direction. Yep. I would affirm that. Uh, I think some very basic people skills are also really important to be able to gather people around you who are willing. Let's put it this way. If nobody's following you, you're just out there running a race by yourself. Yeah, yeah. So there's a sense that there will be willing people. There, there's a sense that people are, are willing to get in behind you or around you. They believe you. They believe, yeah. yeah. There's trust. There's confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, Not just a great idea, a dreamer, but someone who actually can follow through. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what a leader has to be about, whether he's in the middle, the front, or behind. Uh, he needs to be the one who excites people about a vision yeah. and gives them confidence that it can be accomplished together as a team. Yeah. Well, Dave, we're out of time. Uh, I hope that we've encouraged some of you out there to uh, be your authentic self in whatever leadership role you have, whether you're a Nehemiah or an Ezra, God can use you. Until or, or, or anything in between. Anything in between. <laughs> okay. Until next time, I'm Bob McGregor with... Dave Barker. And uh, thank you for thinking about it with us. Thank you.